everyone, I'm Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And we are two millennials who are taking our stance on insurance with a fun twist of pop culture. We work with clients to assess and lower their total cost of risk. And we're chicks! Okay, so the Risky Chicks are back and we have a special guest this week. Uh, this episode is also just in time for our one-year anniversary of the Risky Chicks. Woo! <laughs> so in this episode, we'll discuss one of our favorite summer destinations, which is Cape Cod and the Islands. And with that, we'll kind of discuss some bigger secondary homes. We'll get into boat and yacht insurance. It's marketing and branding in the insurance agency, which kind of hits home for Abby and I, since that's one of our roles at Delane Gibson. And of course, we'll discuss some fun summertime activities in Massachusetts. And this is all with our special guest, Garrick Toll from Berkeley One. So Abby's going to give a quick introduction and then we'll hear from Garrick. Yeah, so we're super excited to have Garrick with us today. Um, so Garrick is from Berkeley One. He's been a friend of the agency for a while now. So Garrick, can you just give us a little insight on who you are and everything about Berkeley One? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Abby and Caitlin. Thrilled to be here. Congratulations on the one year anniversary. Uh, I've been Thank following you. you guys. It's been really fun. Uh, and right, it's insurance. So trying to bring a little more edginess to it, maybe, and uh, keep it real because it is an important topic at the end of the day. So as you said, I'm with Berkeley One, which um, is a company owned by the WR Berkeley Corporation out of Greenwich, Connecticut which was founded in 1967 by Bill Berkeley, our chairman, who's still with us today. And I think at the office, even during COVID, uh, he's quite a trooper. Um, with that success, we're A-plus rated by AM Best, uh, carry that rating with our company. And there are 54 sister companies underneath that parent. Uh, so we have a lot of operating arms with a lot of power to write insurance. Uh, the venture into personal lines insurance is a first for the Berkeley organization. Uh, many people would say, hey, why why'd you get into personal lines? Um, and they would say, well, we've gotten into high net worth personal insurance, which they look at as a specialty market because as a whole, the organization has been a specialty commercial lines insurer over the years. So again, we're looking at a very finite group of folks that have assets that need protection. Um, and we're building that out. We, you know, we're considered a startup uh, here. I'm like almost rolling my eyes thinking about it. But we've been writing policies for about three and a half years now, starting in Illinois um, and moving out now to 17 states across the country, which covers about 70% of the high net worth uh, industry. So masks, we're just coming, just about to come alive. Um, we're really excited to be here. And the key to our success is the partnership with agencies uh, like Delane Gibson. So I'm super excited to be here and answer some more questions and talk about fun stuff. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, Garrett, can you just explain how Berkeley One became um, a new company within a larger entity and kind of what that really means? Sure, um, absolutely. So out of the, when you think about WR Berkeley as our parent, there are 54 uh, sister companies 
And out of that, 46 were done as startups. So meaning from the ground up, no premium. They literally went out to the market and said, how do we get into this space and who do we need to create it? So a lot of, um, you know, it's easy to go out and buy technology, say, and get an operating platform, but you need brain power. You need thought leadership. So when Berkeley One came around, it was at the time where there was some market consolidation with other carriers. And we were, um, the Berkeley Corporation was able to capitalize on that. Folks were looking for work that had a lot of great um, years of experience behind them and connections within the marketplace. So from there, they formed a team and said, go, um, which, you know, kind of is really scary when you think about it, especially in my prior life, I've always worked for well-established companies. And that just says like, geez, hey, you've got a drawing board, now make it work. Um, so that leads into one of my things I would say that we worked very hard on is the word and term innovation. And I, I laugh about that because again, it's insurance. How much can you innovate? I always think of tech <laughs> companies or something fun out there getting a new iPhone. That's You're innovative. Right. Yeah. But it's really innovative um, when we're able to bring new products and services to a client and use technologies like an iPhone um, to enhance the service that we're bringing. Mm -hmm. That's something that me and Caitlin kind of touched base upon in previous episodes was just how we can incorporate kind of new technology and innovation with just, you know, the fast moving times and how the insurance agency like needs to keep up with that. And also, um, one of our new core values that was rolled out for 2020 is that we are innovative as an agency. So that kind of aligns perfectly with what Berkeley One is doing too and how our partnership can grow. Mm -hmm. yep. Completely. And that the innovation, like with the idea of the technology is certainly important or way, ways to do business. Um, but we also have these, these core words, like one of my innovation um, competencies is decision making empowered by numbers. So really looking at the numbers and the results versus where I've worked in marketing and distribution. I like pretty mm -hmm. colors and think if it's fun, like, great, let's do it. But really making it, um, putting the value behind it and understanding the ROI of, you know, does it work? And so with that innovation, it makes you work harder and understand that maybe challenge yourself to something you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. um, but on the true technology front that we say we've rolled out, we have an uh, option called Bob, the Berkeley One Bot, where he text messages clients um, if they're in late pay to let them know that their payment is due and they can pay their bill through a series of five clicks over their smartphone, which is just another great feature. And here, right. here's technology. Yeah. Um, and with COVID, a big part of our job here is certainly when we inspect a new home. Like if we write a policy for your client, we want to come out, we want to inspect it, we want to see if there are any life safety issues for them to make them aware mm -hmm. and just you know understand the risk we're insuring. Well, that can't happen today. It's a completely different world. Right. So we've been using um, a new vendor called Flyreel, which we had already started to work with, that allows the client to choose. Again, it's an option. They don't have to. But through uh, an app, they can do their home inspection themselves and complete it in about 10 minutes. Oh, wow. um, and it's all secure. Uh, it's a secure link. So the information gets uploaded to us. Then one of our risk managers looks at it at the other end confirms what's going on and you're done. I mean, really safe and quick. Uh, yeah. So just, you know, again, listening and saying, how can you do it? Like gone are the days people might want to sit down with somebody. They want to, you know, be able to do it as quickly as they can, be on their own schedule and then be off to the Cape. 
Yeah. And I think that's a huge attraction to people is, you know, kind of making it the easiest process and the quickest process. One of the biggest indirect costs that we talk about when it comes to our clients is just time. You know, they don't want to waste their time dealing with, you know, filing claims and stuff like that. They, you know, I think people these days are definitely looking for, you know, the quickest, easiest process to handle something like that. Especially as the younger generation is up and coming and will start to purchase these items with new mm -hmm. homes, new autos, and finally claim like our generation does not want to deal with that in person. They would like to just be able to do it on spot <laughs> right away and have it be done and checked off their list. Exactly. Yes. Totally. And that yeah. that is the future, right, of technology and using as simple as text, where so many other industries mm -hmm. compared to the insurance industry have been using text forever. And then thinking yeah. about whether it's, you know, payment apps like Venmo or Zelle, like how, how do you incorporate those with making a claim payment? Um, is it possible? Like what, what boundaries do you have to get by so people can get their money as quickly as possible? Yeah. And Zelle is actually like a new thing to me. I just got an apartment and I was putting a paying through Zelle because we couldn't send them checks or give them checks in person. And I was like, this is 10 times easier than what I would have had to deal with. Yes, absolutely. And they have the money almost instantaneously. Yep. It's verified. You know, you give them a paper check. I mean, we oh, hope it's could never even get there. <laughs> All right. So to discuss like traditional marketing and branding. Um, I do a lot of the social media at the company and Abby does a lot of the branding, like the look of it. What differentiates Berkeley One from other companies and what are you guys doing different? We feel like you guys show a lot of personal touch. For um, the example that I am gonna use is the Delane Gibson article that you guys wrote about us. Um, absolutely. And I think that article is a great testament. We can reshare that out after this. I think it would be a good reminder for folks. Um, and it's like that idea, we all have so many slogans and um, hot topics we like to talk about, meaning like the company we keep or the partners we have. Um, it's That is so important. And it goes to the culture of both organizations and being able to get things done because it really is a partnership. It's not just sitting there saying like, oh, I have to do work with these people. I like working with Delane Gibson. I like working with the Risky Chicks. Uh, you know, I know I can pick up the telephone and they're going to help me if I need help with them. And then from the digital standpoint where we are a new company uh, compared to others in the marketplace, like we've really focused on the digital. We look, you know, not to be printing paper. Um, you know, it's very often like people say, oh, let's do a co-branded, you know, advertisement. It's like, well, what's really the return on that? Is it good? Is it bad? You know, would it be better if, you know, we're in Wellesley and they're doing something like Wellesley Days or whatever, and you have a booth and you need some, you know, money for sponsorship and co-branding logos there? Okay, that's cool. Because then you can also flourish that through social media yeah. um, versus some type of ad, which certainly can still hit people. But you don't get the same bag for your buck, um, which I think mm -hmm. is really important. And it, that too, I think, shows like the, the speed of organizations of being able to get things out, right? Like the second you're at an event, you can start posting pictures. Yep. Um, as long, of course, legal says as long as you have consent from people uh, <laughs> within the photograph. Uh, but it's, it's things like that that I think really, really help. Yeah, so I would just say my question to you is what are the three most important aspects to marketing and branding in our industry to stand out? So I think it's really important that you are a constant flow of information in brands. Um, the idea of 
posting one thing a month, right? It's so out the window. You have to be constantly in front of people to get them to think about you and get them to click on you. Uh, It's like, what's the actual click-through rate when you're looking at something? Did they just open it or did they really take time to digest the material and content you're providing? And when you start to see that click-through rate increase in folks, you know, you're getting, you're like, okay, we're sucking them in. That's when it becomes exciting. Um, And you know you have a believer of your product or your organization, depending on what it might be. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's where Caitlin and I work well together when it comes to all that marketing and branding stuff and being one of the younger people that work here and in the millennial age range. all that stuff, we know, you know, what people can take away from it. Yeah, and I always like to make sure or attempt to make, to make sure that there's a call to action on a post. Yes. Um, some of it is more pushing your culture, but some of it is also you need to have them be able to do something with the post as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totally. And I think that, that too, like just thinking about... Um, where you were saying you're so, the younger and the social media mm-hmm. at Delane Gibson. Right. That like, I think is so true too and awesome how the agency and the time that I've known it has transformed itself um, and really brought itself forward into the 21st century in a, in a good way. Like it came yeah. from amazing roots and it's now into the, is it the fourth generation? I never want to misspeak um, with Chip and Ted at the helm. It's it's just really cool to see um, because I think folks that have been around a long time in the industry, we believe in the independent agency channel. Yeah. Um, and they're continuing to further it and bring forth new ideas and ways to make it work. Awesome. So now we'll get into the fun part and talk about Cape Cod and boats and yachts and discuss kind of the insurance around that, but also what activities do you like to do in those places? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. Now the meat of the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) The more important stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Well, and and with COVID and everybody wanting to get away, run run to the summer house. And like (laughs) Memorial Day weekend is like coming up this weekend, which is a huge like Cape Cod escape Boston suburbs. Pagawi. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. I'm going to have to go to that one year. It's worth it if you can get on a boat and steal a hat from someone. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard really like crazy fun things about it. Definitely on our bucket list, I would say. Good. Perfect. Have you been? I have just once. And it was was a really a lot of fun. Man, it's just a sneak a weekend with some friends on Nantucket. you know, it's it's a great place to go. Very enchanting. So different than the vineyard, right? I feel oh gosh, where yeah. where we have the vineyard, the Cape, and the in Nantucket, mm-hmm. like all three have their own flair um, and flavor. And even when you talk about different parts of the Cape, or even the vineyard that's so big, right? That it's yeah. depending where you are, you're like, okay, I feel honky tonk and relaxed, or um, in black tie at a yacht club. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> how I feel rock too. And roll. I feel like Falmouth and like East Ham are like two different states. Like they're so different. Yeah, like East Ham and Chatham. Like I yeah. feel like I'm in two different like parts of the world. Like it's completely. So yes. Yeah. Yep. I grew up like all of my summers. I used to have a Cape house in East Ham with my grandparents. Sadly, we don't have it anymore. It's heartbreaking. But oh, <laughs> wish yeah. I had it now just to escape the pandemic a little bit. But um, yeah, so I spent my summers in East Ham 
and going to like Orleans and like Chatham, like, you know, for dinners or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, so crazy how different the towns are. But um, I've actually have never been to Nantucket before. What? And I need to get this yeah. is a bucket list. And I've been to Martha's Vineyard like once in my entire life when I was like 10 for my brother's hockey tournament. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. That does not count. This is no. an issue. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be added to our, like, summer list at some point. <laughs> at some point, whenever we get a summer back, so. Yes, yes. Um, God, yeah. Um, well, we got to get Chip to get a boat, Chip and Ted to get an agency boat, right? So we can yeah. tour around uh, the Cape and the Islands. The and uh, boat. I like that. Shoot, I think shoot that. leaflets at homes that we want to insure. <laughs> <laughs> Got to yeah. got to have some reason to write it off, but um, those are these are definitely the areas where I think folks traditionally think of New England in summer, right? Um, for yeah. us growing up around here, you know, folks would hop in the car, and it's like, yeah, it's only it's only ninety miles, but it's going to take you four hours with traffic. But we're going. Uh, <laughs> we went up there for the fourth. We went to the Cape for the Fourth of July last year, and we left. I think it was like the the fifth. I think like the okay. Sunday after or something when everyone was going back home and we were in traffic for like five hours. Oh, brutal. It's so oh, true. Brutal. And it was like one of the hottest days of the year too. Mm-hmm. Um, and all you want to do is be at the beach. Yeah. Um, and that's when you have to make somebody the designated driver and say, stay at the beach till like 10 o'clock at night and then go home. <laughs> and then drive. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. Um, but like the Cape and Islands can be, from an insurance aspect, difficult to insure because of uh, hurricane and wind exposure when insurance companies are looking at it. And knock on wood, people say, well, we haven't had many hurricanes. And certainly if we go back in history, you think about Bob or Gloria and, and way back to some other storms that can't really remember the names because I'm not that old. Um, but it's an area that has some intricacies to it. And so as Berkeley One, um, we do ride on the Cape and Islands. We have some requirements, but um, we're, we're open for business there. And certainly with this summer coming, people um, can think of us for coverage because you want to certainly insure your, insure your home and have liability coverage too for all those parties you might be having and pool parties and trampolines and fun whatever stuff. other fun things you have at the, at the home. We can cover it all to keep you safe. So how would, I feel like the Cape is mostly second homes unless people live down there full time, but how does that work from an insurance standpoint with it being on the Cape and a second home and with rentals coming into play if they put it on Airbnb and whatnot? Sure. Um, Definitely a hot topic because folks are still wondering how do we deal with Airbnb in the insurance market. And it's, it comes down to more, believe it or not, not that it's completely scary. Sometimes these rentals are, um, but you also have to be able to charge adequately for the price, for the exposure. And many uh, carriers, you, you know, don't have that built in or didn't have that before. When we looked at properties in the past, it was like, well, is it a year round rental or is it say a full season rental? Okay, we can charge appropriately for that. But when it's a turnkey week in week out or a couple days and then a new person in it really changes your exposure and increases the risk quite a bit because you just don't know um but what i would say with berkeley one is we do have some um availability to figure out how to cover risks that are involved with the airbnb or vrb vr bo um yes the other the other rental services um to understand it price accordingly 
And, you know, we, we get, um, you know, folks with high net worth homes, you know, it could be a $20 million home on Nantucket. Guess what? They're renting it for a week for $50,000. Yeah. Okay. That's reality. Um, and we need to be able to provide them coverage and understand that. So we can do that um, and do. So it's, if I were to like insure my secondary home and rent it out, the price that I would need to have it rented out, that would be a conversation I would want to have with my insurance agency. Yes. Like I think first and foremost, anytime that you, anyone ever thinks that like, oh, I just won't tell them like, Probably not a good idea because typically in the contract that a client has, there's some either exclusion or some type of special deductible that could be really penalizing mm -hmm. when at the end of the day, they could have purchased the coverage um, and been in a lot better place. So calling your risk advisor, say at Delane Gibson, um, and talking it through to understand what the exposure is, is the best option. And right. then they can, you can lay out a series of, of different, different solutions to cover the risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also feel like working through agencies like Delane Gibson, the homeowner is going to have a better understanding of what they have, what they can do, what they can't do. And I feel like that's a conversation that's really important and adds value to the agency like us because we're able to give them a deeper understanding of their insurance package for all their homes and their properties and everything like that. Completely. Um, it, and it is, you guys, you guys do do soup to nuts. That's what I would say. You know, when somebody comes in and says, great, I have the home here in Wellesley. I have the home on Nantucket. And by the way, we also have a home on the Cape with a bunch of cars and boats in every different location. Yep. And, you know, hey, by the way, we didn't just have a boat. We have a couple of jet skis, which again, then those are fun toys, but it changes the risks exposure again, right? Like might not seem difficult to the client. They're like, this is what we have. Why is it hard? But um, you have to figure out the right map and uh, build out a program for that. Yeah. And I feel like all the fun toys are where the insurance gets tricky. Like the jet skis. Jet skis are literally my favorite thing ever. Yes. <laughs> terrify me. Absolutely terrify me. Really? Uh, yeah. So I went on a family vacation in Turks and Caicos and we rented some for a day and like I got on the thing and couldn't even go above like five miles per hour. So I was like, this is disgusting. Like it doesn't look scary. But when I actually got on the damn thing, I was like, oh my God, this is actually terrifying. <laughs> I'm such a pansy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that is such a good story. I consider a jet ski a good workout because you have to hold on to it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's my gym for the week. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, like week, holding exactly. on to the handlebars, right? Um, Holding on for your life while I'm crying. Yeah, yes, Abby's like yes. tears behind me, and I'm like full throttle on the thing. It's I like know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and like you see those homes. Like I was down in um, uh, in Oscarville last summer, and out with friends, and we went by a couple, not just one home, but several homes that had those floating trampolines on the water. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, I, I was just remembering being a kid and being like, wow, that must be so cool. Yeah, uh, exactly. Now at this point, I'd be like, I kill myself jumping and doing <laughs> something like that. But again, like those are the things to think about. Like, all right, that's not a normal exposure for typical homeowner policy. Like, do you have coverage for this? Yeah, and um, I feel like normal trampolines in a backyard of a normal home are even a hard risk to insure. Right, I can't even imagine what it's like in the water. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, for for sure. Yeah. So I guess on to the boating. Um, we know that WR Berkeley has a boat product. How are you working that into the Berkeley One product? 
Sure, great question. Thanks for asking. Um, we're super excited. So Berkeley, um, the WR Berkeley Corporation had a company called uh, Berkeley Rec Marine, and that is in the process of transitioning uh, to come into our operating unit of Berkeley One. Awesome. So we will, yeah. So we're going to have a very robust. Uh, rec marine product available for clients that are both clients of Berkeley One. We might write all your package, your home auto collections in excess, um, but we will be writing the rec marine as a monoline uh, offering as well. So that um, is a great point too for your agency to have another carrier to be able to offer rec marine coverage. Um, but certainly those clients that uh, they see ads on TV with other carriers that like, right, the more you bundle or package your business, the better pricing you get. And that certainly will be true with us as well. If we're writing more lines of business for you, we're going to give you the best rate we can because typically you're, you're a better customer. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I'm sure people with the boats that are going to be insured with you guys are, they're going to have multiple properties and multiple Yes. Yes. Well, so. In in the boats, the boating world, I've learned so much over the last couple of years about that compared to someone that just likes to get on a boat and ride yeah. and be with friends. And I'm the one that wants the cocktail, wants nothing to do with driving it. You do it. I'll be safe. Um, <laughs> like all the fun, right? Like American Agreed. flag off the back. But um, holy smokes, like there are so many different classifications of boats. Mm. Like when we were talking yeah. about jet skis, they're actually considered personal watercraft. Um, and there are different policies in the world for those with different restrictions. And then you have a boat policy and then you have a yacht mm -hmm. policy. But guess what? A yacht policy is actually considered for boats larger than 26 feet. I'm like, in my eyes, that's not a yacht. I'm like, I'm over on like what? overboard with, um, you know, or what is it below deck and being like, <laughs> Okay, that's a yacht. <laughs> yes, that's a yacht. Yeah. Well, I like think of these massive boats that have like Mini Coopers on top of them because I saw that in Nantucket one time. I was like, yes. that is a yacht. That yes. is insane. Yeah. Exactly. And right now, I would say we're in the space of personal watercraft up to, you know, maybe a hundred foot yacht or so boat um but that we're not in the mega yacht field yet um but we plan to be we are definitely working on that uh That's because we need to we need to go inspect some of them right uh, yeah. <laughs> i want to come i want to come yes. to the mega yachts absolutely <laughs> risky chicks yacht take your risky chicks on a little tour totally i <laughs> that love would it be a fun vlog we could vlog the whole thing perfect yes more then pictures we'll buy it have either of you been in a yacht club? Because I haven't, and I've always wanted to go in them. A yacht club? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I the Orleans one in Cape Cod, it's like nothing extravagant. <laughs> it's like the size of my garage, I think. But I, I took sailing lessons there when I was a little kid. Also traumatizing, but... Back, yes, yes. Did you have any bailer wars or, you know, capsizing? And oh, yeah, having... definitely capsizing. Yeah, for sure. And then How... I remember this one time with my cousin... I don't know how this happened, but the rudder, which is like the thing you like steer the boat with, like came out. So like our boat is like going like crazy in like the boat yard and we're like crashing into people's boats and my parents <laughs> like, oh my God, like hi, like covering their eyes from like watching down from the yacht club, but that good, was, good yeah. news. They would have been covered. Liability is covered. Damage somebody's beautiful Hinkley. Yeah, 12-year-old uh, <laughs> Abby was just like crying as I'm like yes. people traumatized like, oh, yeah oh yeah it was never went back <laughs> last time I was there honestly yeah last time I was at a yacht club so 
My track record's good. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, I, yacht clubs are fun. Again, like my my expertise would be with them when they have a nice party, um, yep. and I'd I'd love to show up. Um, <laughs> and uh, I did take some sailing lessons growing up as well. And I remember those traumatizing times when you'd get nervous getting close to a big boat, or right. you know, and the wind wasn't right, and the tide current was more, oh and you're God, just, it, was, it was a yeah. disaster. Um, but we all survived. <laughs> We're all here to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, Thanks for yeah. good stories and memories. Yeah, seriously. Cool. I don't think I ever did anything like that when I was little. I was more of like sports camps and yeah. like, I don't know, just put me in a field I and was, like tell me to go I play. I was forced into it. Like I did not participate to go to sailing camp this was something that like my mom and my aunt like forced me and the cousins to do just to get us away mm -hmm. keep yeah. you busy all day nice yeah. it, not only was it sailing camp it was daycare yeah, that's <laughs> yeah true. Seriously. it was like they a whole were... day thing like god yep absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic um i guess i have one more question about Berkeley one that we actually jumped past earlier that we feel oh. like is important. Okay, excellent. So why did you guys roll out in certain states first and why didn't you do them all at once and how many states are you in now? Excellent questions. Um, I wish it would be so easy to push a button and roll out in all 50 states. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we live in America, because all our states are different, right? And so from a personal line standpoint, insurance is heavily regulated. And regulation takes a long time to work through. So our folks, a couple things that they looked at. Illinois is uh, a state that where we have a home, we have not our home office, but we have a large office located. So it made sense. We have bodies there. We had people on the ground. Let's start to work here. Um, and they were able to file mm -hmm. with the Division of Insurance. As we look to move forward, states like Arizona and Colorado, those were states that were added next. Very easy to work with the division, and typically they approve, approve things. Um, so again, easy to roll out on um, that idea. Mm -hmm. As we built our complement of states, you then look at states that are more challenging, that have a lot of requirements, um, and may also be very large. Like one would be Florida, where it's a huge state. Um, it's almost like, I, I look at it, consider it's like four states within one from an insurance standpoint. Um, there's heavy regulation. So to get all of that taken care of, lots and lots of man hours. So mm -hmm. when, we're, when Berkeley One was looked at, and this was, uh, gosh, over a year ago, um, Rob Berkeley, our chairman, was asked, hey, how's Berkeley One going? Um, you know, haven't heard too much about it. What would you say? Um, and fortunately, uh, to have our president say, you know, it's going great. We're really pleased. Product approved. Um, but it's taken a lot longer to get going than we thought. Uh, and I think that's true because of the regulation and the build out. So each state requires different forms, language. And so you go in and it's not like you, you can only cut and paste to a degree when you launch a new state. Everything mm -hmm. has its nuances, like whether you have in Florida stacked UM and UIM coverage or Rhode Island where you don't have that. And in Massachusetts, we have certain mold and lead exclusions, you know, just all these nuances that take time. Um, so there's no flicking of the switch like, hey, here we are. So at this point, uh, we're in 17 states. Our product is written on Berkeley Insurance Company paper. 
It's all admitted offering and system supported. So the idea of system supported is really important then for the agency side as well, allowing Delane Gibson to transact business, both upload and download, and allow the client right nowadays, they want to be able to have their mobile app, which we have, and look at all of their documents on the phone or pay it through the phone or go online. All of that is there. And it just it takes a long time to build. I was shocked. Like as a newbie, you know, when I joined and came to the company and like was wooed by a lot of the technology, I'm like, this is awesome. It still takes a lot of human hours to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Yeah. There's always the, there has to be the person behind the technology too. Yes, absolutely. I think that's forgotten a lot from Mm -hmm. every aspect from a client, from an agent, from a company, all that. Very much so. Yes. Like we can push the buttons, but without us, nobody's pushing those buttons. Um, Yeah, exactly. Cool. This has been really fun. I love it. Thank you so much for the thoughtful questions. Yeah, definitely. So we heard that you have some favorite emojis that you like while texting. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What is your favorite one? Uh, my favorite one is probably the painted nails emoji, <laughs> uh, which I use quite often. Um, usually trying to reference a soft blow of, you know, giving some bad news and maybe I'm working on my keyboard. Uh, yep, but that would be my go-to. I'm glad somebody let that out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who it was. Yeah. Yes, yes. Definitely your <laughs> secrets too. Absolutely. That's so funny. And also, um, we kind of discussed this before we started recording the episode, but what have you been doing with your free time during the pandemic and how have you kind of found an outlet during this time? Sure. Uh, man, what different times that we're in. It's just, it's, it's hard. To believe. It's hard to believe. Yeah. Um, I would say now, um, as we were saying, like, I'm getting exciting talking about the openings and looking at what can be possible. I'm really hoping that people abide by the rules and that it goes as smoothly as possible because I don't want anybody to be sick or get hurt, but I think we do need to get going a bit to see, you got to test it a little and we got to pull back. Okay. Um, but the big thing for myself, I would say, you know, working from home, I had traditionally done a lot because of being in the field, seeing agents, mm-hmm. the, the adjustment was, wow, now I'm home all the time and really working hard is uh, my boss can hear this stepping away from the laptop. Um, you know, Hey, it's the end of the day. You've got to close it and let yourself cook dinner, go outside for a walk, and know that, you know, it's going to be there tomorrow morning. Like you don't need to hop back on at 830 at night because other people are emailing you. Like you've got to be able to decompress um, and really utilize that. So once I've got into a groove, which I think I've done all right, uh, it's been going well. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, it's hard I, to kind of have like home be work and now work be home. So I think a lot of people, I mean, we have plenty of time to kind of learn how to, you know, make the two separate, I think. Yes. Yes. And I would hope, you, like, work at it. Yeah. you know, the power of technology, certainly our, our bosses, we all have bosses here on this call, um, can see what you're up to or what you're not up to. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. okay, I think based on the productivity, like, People should be comfortable and know that they have good uh, employees working for them. Um, yeah. And one thing that I've found is that communication has really been key with everyone in the company. And DG's mm-hmm. done an awesome job. Our last episode really talked about how 
Abby and I as like the risky chicks and then as the company have survived and thrived with all the positivity that our company has been spreading. And I think that has just played a huge role in making this transition way more smooth than some people might feel outside of our company. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that statement um, yeah. to keep keep people happy and make them less nervous or anxious to be like, what's next? Um, yeah, right, exactly. You know, and even if they say like, we're not sure what's next, but we're listening to you. Okay, uh, yep. like, that helps. Yeah, even like just getting a response to something that you've asked, even if it's not the answer, just that the, that acknowledgement is so important. Because mm-hmm. usually I know I'm very used to just getting up and walking into someone's cube or office and asking them the question that I have. Sure. Yes. So it's yes. definitely an adjustment to come back, sit at home and be like, oh, I have this question. And usually I could actually figure out the answer on my own. So that's kind of good too, that I learned that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So thank you, Garrick, for joining us today. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I really think this discussion is great for Berkeley One and Delane Gibson and the Risky Chicks. We learned a lot about you and the product at Berkeley One and the culture, and it was really awesome. Thank you so much, Caitlin and Abby. It's been a thrill to be here after the one-year anniversary. Uh, the time yeah, is greatly like appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Birthday episode. Um, yeah. But I, I, you know, just can't say enough about the partnership between uh, our organizations and also the history I've had with with Delane Gibson. So I'm so excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the summer. Yes, yeah. definitely. Excellent. Thanks so much, Gary, for joining us. We'll have to have you again. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. Bye.